So we're going to talk about the administrative load. Rick calls it the Warhog administrative load. I don't have a problem calling it that, even though, you know, mine's just the Kelly Defense administrative load. But the Warhog administrative load, you're going to remember because it sounds badass. Uh, that's that's the only thing I care about that you remember it. Now, what we're talking about, if you are an armed professional, you carry a firearm for a living. Whether that is a street cop, whether that is a security guard, whether that is a tactical officer, military. Or if you're a CCW person, you carry your firearm concealed. We're all in favor for that, guys. Having a routine to get that firearm up in the most advantageous condition that it can be and make sure that it is, in fact, loaded is critical. Give me a reason why you wouldn't want to put this routine into action and put it into your training plan as well. If you go to the Patreon page, you can find out how we do it. And you can talk to us about it. We can help you develop your own because everybody's situation is different. Everybody keeps their firearms different places, that kind of thing. But you have to have some way that you're going to get the firearm up and ready, have everything you need, and that you do that over and over and over so that you don't forget anything and that you are insured that your firearm is loaded. First of all, guys, every time we handle a firearm, we make sure that we observe the four universal rules of firearm safety. Okay, so what are we talking about? What's this going to look like, Mark? Okay, I'll tell you what it's going to look like for us, for me specifically. I'm getting ready to go out. I'm going to work, carry a firearm for a living. Or I'm going out on an outing with my family, and I'm going to have my firearm with me. I'm going to ensure that I have everything that I am going to have on my person, the way it's going to be carried. I'm also going to pick up a side picture. I'm going to ensure that my optics are on if I have one. I'm then going to load it. I'm going to pick up another side picture. I'm going to do a press check. I'm then going to remove the magazine, make sure that the ammo looks good, that nothing is a foul. Reseat the magazine, put it in my holster, and then I'm going to move on with my day. Big news that everybody keeps talking about in the entertainment industry, and I, I just don't get it. And we've talked about this before, and I'm going to share this screen. We talked about it before, and the big, I call it the Harry and Who Cares documentary. Second part. And this, these scores are just terrible. I like going on Rotten Tomatoes, see how everything's doing. It just, it's, it's abysmal. I can't believe that the demand is here. The demand is there. Listening to these two talk about how terrible their lives are. They're still involved with the royal family. Don't, don't let them fool you. But they're cashing in. They got their podcast. Out there making all kinds of money. Winning awards. Humanitarian awards. These kind of things. I just don't know why anybody cares. I, there's no, there can't be that many people listening to these folks. There, there's just no way. I got nothing against the royal family. I don't follow them that much. I think Harry and Prince William both 
you know, serve their country. They were a lot of fun to follow because they, you know, had these two princes running around. I think William's pretty much running the show. That's my opinion. But Harry was a lot of fun too. He's out there, a socialite, hanging out with the elitists, you know, seeing what he was doing every now and then. I just didn't pay that much attention, but it was a lot more fun until Who Cares came along. Talk, now she's talking about how terrible her life is as a royal. Come on. I don't know who's buying it, but the second part of that's coming out, and it just got me thinking. Remember Hillary? Remember when Hillary had her documentary? Let me share this screen as well. Do you remember that? I believe it was on Netflix. No one watched that either. It was terrible. Who is watching this stuff? You wonder why these streaming services and these media companies like Disney and all these guys are laying off everybody because their, their content is terrible. Who is asking for this? Who is asking for this? So now you got Harry and who cares? You had Hillary back in, I think it was, was it 18 or 19? Then you got Fauci. He had one as well. Let me see if I can pull that one up too. He had one. Let's see what the Rotten Tomatoes score for that was. But he had one. And Rotten Tomatoes scores it at... Two percent, two percent audience score. Nobody is watching this stuff. Elon Musk. Elon Musk and Twitter released the Hunter papers, emails, all the documents they had concerning the cover-up, the banning of Trump, and the control that they had over the COVID information is something that we've talked about multiple times. Huge. This confirms that they covered it up. They knew about it. That the laptop was, re was real. It wasn't fake. It wasn't Russian disinformation. And now we know for a fact everything that we've suspected. Now, the problem I have with this is the fact that these law enforcement agencies, federal law enforcement agencies, and these campaigns on both sides of the aisle, let's be fair. Now, the left side had a bigger avenue to travel down because most of the folks that were working at Twitter at the time were left-leaning. So, yeah, they had more access to that, but they were both doing it. Clay Travis brings up a good point on his show. Go check out his show. Love it. Dial Kick. He says that he believes that the request to shut down a tweet or a story or these kind of things should be public information. Well, here, here's the thing I have about that. I deal with this a lot. The Freedom of Information Act. Now, of course, they can they can cover those things up as well internally. So they have someone who's working in a campaign that might not be covered or not might be in a position that's not subject to the Freedom of Information Act. But a lot of that stuff is covered by that. He thinks that should all be public. And that would be a deterrent from some of these federal agencies and other folks in the federal government for requesting that they shut down these stories or shut down these tweets. I agree. I agree. You know, the New York Times and the Washington Post, they just kind of allowed it to happen. And here's Bezos. You're, this is one thing that just drives me nuts. I can't wrap my head around this. Bezos, 
he purchased this huge media company, the Washington Post, for over $200 million. And then he immediately does something like this to delegitimize this huge media company. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Here's a guy who built Amazon. He built Amazon, an incredibly efficient company. Has to be to do what they're doing. How could you come up with that idea and make it happen and keep it going and let it growing this big and still keeping it that efficient? And then allow this huge media company that you purchased to be delegitimized by what you're doing with it or the people who are running it. It, it, it just boggles my mind. I can't imagine that he believes in this because Amazon is a huge capitalistic com company. Free market and all that stuff. And he goes on and does this. I, I, it, I can't wrap my head around it. But he did. What a joke. It basically proves that the New York Times and the Post and all these guys are just hacks for whoever. Now, a lot of these companies have subscriber bases, right? So maybe they're pandering to that. I don't know. Just doesn't make any sense.